Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We have our first ever Nets therapy session. No Nick today. We do have my good friend Mike Biseglia, 50% of the Bad Weather Fans podcast. I'm happy to have him back. What's going on, brother? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, uh, The Nets suck. How are you? Yeah, no, that's what this is for. Once uh, (laughs) They suck. Once I got just... (laughs) A lot of bad news within like 48 hours. You know, first we get blown out by the Jazz and and now the Harden stuff sort of progressing a little bit faster than we'd like. Look, the February 10th date is coming up. That's the trade deadline. So we got five days to know whether or not James Harden is going to be a Brooklyn Net or not. But I said I had to get you on an episode and just vent our frustrations because I don't remember ever feeling this depressed as a Nets fan post the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving era, really. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this is the low. I, I think if you're a Nets fan and you're talking about the big three era, this is definitely the low point. I mean, without a doubt. I'll give up a little positivity to start. Why not? The good news is it's February. That's true. That's all I have for you. I and mean, the that's season the only, that's the only good news, right? As, just, as far as as far as I know, the season does not end in February. Yeah. So that's the spin I'll tell myself. But uh there's so many problems going on with this with this team in this current moment. And I, as a fan, knew it was bad when last night I watched the Jazz game and didn't care that they lost. And I say that like, do you remember the the Sixers game? The Nets lost and Embiid had that thing where he was waving at Durant. Like, how pissed off were you after that game? Like, you felt emotions. It's getting to the point now where they're losing and my emotions are gone. I'm just like, okay, that's good. I can now go to Netflix earlier. And you know what would be the worst part of of everything is if the Sixers end up with James Harden, I feel like that loss kind of started this momentum of bad Mm -hmm. play. So then Embiid would literally own the city of Brooklyn at that point. Yeah, that was the turning point for the season as it's kind of gone south. I don't know their exact record since then, but it's got to be something like 6-14 and or 6-13 and or something just abysmal. And that was a game that was winnable for the Nets. And then since then, you know, Durant's getting hurt, Harden not trying, Kyrie half the time. I mean, it has been a complete and utter disaster and not fun to watch. And the Nets deserve all of this. They, it's it, You know, the sad part is it's all self-inflicted wounds, right? Like, I guess the Durant thing is by, you know, it's an injury. It's a fluke accident. Right. But it's all self-inflicted internally where Kyrie and Harden not getting along because Kyrie won't get vaccinated. And then Harden's being a little baby and can't like, can't handle it. Uh, Yeah. I know it's not an ideal situation for you. And that's why you want, you want to come here because it'd be easy, but I mean, toughen up. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And we're, I'm going to get to the two sides on Harden in a little bit, but I want to first start out when this news came up that the Nets we're willing to talk to the 76ers in the next few days when two to three weeks ago, Mark said, we are not listening to any trade offers for James Harden. What went through your mind right then and there when you saw that report by Shams? Uh, you t- you're talking about the the recent one that you you're yeah, talking about the the one recent from yesterday. One. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I felt a sense of relief in a weird way, even though I was really upset because 
something just did not feel right with the organization and the way James Harden was treating the Nets without any respect and not any respect to the fan base to go out and play and not, can I curse? I don't even remember how this works. And not give a shit on the court. I mean, to have four points and six turnovers and have more turnovers and you're getting paid so much money to go out and, and give effort. I mean, effort is something that is is so desirable. I think if you're a fan, you just you just you care. You care. And seeing him not care was so frustrating and embarrassing. And I and I just said something isn't right here. What is not right? And I think it happened and it spiraled fast. So I wasn't. And I felt a sense of relief to see it because even though, and the, the the Nets are in a bad place right now, I at least see them trying to attempt to get out of this abyss and try to get back to some form of reality. And I don't know if James Harden, I'll say like if Kevin Durant never gets hurt, James Harden isn't pulling this bullshit off because Agreed. he can't because he's got KD there as the enforcer. And with KD gong, and with his lack of respect for everybody in the organization, he's really turned it into a shit show. And I was just relieved to see at least there's some sort of talks, even if it means like, yeah, it didn't work out. And the big three thing never really happened. I just felt relief that there's maybe some sort of progress where maybe there's something on the other side. So I understand relief. I get that. I, I just felt like my feelings were hurt, to be honest with you. Hmm. We, we had this big three, this monstrosity of a trio when we traded for Harden way back when. And I'll say this, to all the people looking at the stellar seasons that Jared Allen and Karis LeVert are having, don't come at me and say, hey, we should never have made that trade. The Lakers did the same exact thing for Anthony Davis a few years ago. And it worked for them. They got a right. championship. But they traded their whole young core. I mean, Brandon Ingram's a great player. Josh Hart, pretty good, whatever. My point is, works more times than not so i don't want to go back and say all right well yeah i knew harden was gonna suck this year and and turn the ball over i didn't no one knew that yeah so, it, yeah no no i want to say that's such a good point because like would you say last year would you have made the same conversation if they don't make that trade last year for james harden who knows where the nets are in that situation with lavert and with jared allen and with kevin durant out they're not even close to the team that they were. And that's, and I think that's what double downs that make this so frustrating is James Harden was so good last year and that trade worked out. And that's why you have to give up assets to get something back. Right. And it brings me to this idea of the Sixers trade. If the nets aren't going to get a lot back for James Harden, and there's no way they're going to duplicate and replicate with all of those trades. Okay. Then that won't work out on that front. I understand with the draft picks part of it, but you can't then make this trade and be like, here's Ben Simmons and Danny Green, who's 34 and averaging 6.9 points per game. No, you need some of the younger assets from the Sixers or from the Nets. You just don't do it. What does your ideal trade, uh, trading away James Harden for Ben Simmons, look like? If it's if it's going to be to the Sixers, I think with the news surrounding Joe Harris, you need to have Seth Curry in this trade. You need to have him in the deal. Of course, Simmons is involved back, and then uh, Maxi to get you know to get what was what, the cringe. I don't think they're going to give up Maxi and then don't Curry. do it. Then don't I, yeah, do it. Okay. Then don't All right, do it. I look if you can include a Tybal in there. If you can get Curry and Tybal or Maxi and Tybal, one of those combinations of those three guys, I would like that. Um, but I agree with you. Ben Simmons and Danny Green is too low of an asking price for James Harden. It just is. And, and that's, that's why I say just don't do the trade because James Harden, yeah, it's going to be two to three weeks of bullshit. But what, when KD comes back, 
I can't imagine him keeping this up because all James Harden wants is to win a championship. Is he going to dog it on the court when Kevin Durant's out there? He won't accept that. Now, in my viewpoint, I say you just wait it out and you see because ultimately for this Nets team, it, it comes down to one thing if the Nets are going to have a chance to win a championship. And I'll just and I'll say what every Kyrie Irving plays or doesn't play. And if he plays and he gets if if the vaccinated or the rules change, they have a chance. If he doesn't, it doesn't matter what the trade is. Like they don't, they're not right. good enough without Kyrie Irving to win a title. Right. I get that. A Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant combination without Kyrie Irving. That would just seem really weird. Um, I, I did want to kind of dive into Harden. Like specifically, you have these two sides of Nets Twitter right now. You have the side that I think you and me are kind of on, where it's like, why is he dogging it? He's having a bad season. He's leaving when the going's getting tough. Right. Obviously, the Kyrie situation stinks. That you know, I'd be fr- we're all frustrated with the Kyrie situation. But Mike, right. you and I aren't going to start rooting for other teams just because Kyrie can be a little difficult. We're still right. Nets fans. We're going to root for the Nets. James Harden doesn't have that loyalty right now. So I am on that that side where he left Houston when they started to stink. He he's trying to leave Brooklyn. And yeah, I blame him a little bit because he has not been as great as he was last year and the years prior. You have the other side of Nets Twitter who's like, guys, James Harden expected to play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Where are they? Kevin Durant's hurt. Kyrie Irving's been in and out of the line. I mean, he didn't play for the first however many games of the year. Now he's a part-time player. James Harden did not sign up to carry this Nets team with less than he had in Houston, which is basically what he's being asked to do on a nightly basis now. And you have those people saying, of course he wants out. Can you blame him? Mm. I guess I'm just like a different kind of dude. I don't know. I, I just, if like, if I'm in a tough situation and I, I understand like, okay, if I'm trying to, trying to compare work when you're, you know, fucking James Harden making $40 right. million dollars and, and things are going in one direction, but he signed up for it. He forced his way out to get here and now we're in a tough pocket and he can't handle it. I'm sorry. That's weak. Yeah, this is not what he signed up for, obviously. But James, you know, Kevin Durant's coming back, right? right. And you have, like, the world's in a weird place because of everything that's happened. And yeah, Kyrie Irving, he disagrees with it, and it's made it more difficult for his job. But now the going gets tough again, and I'm going to split. What does this say about your character when you things are difficult in Houston? I want to get out of here. Okay, things are difficult in Brooklyn now for a couple of weeks. I want to get out of here. I mean, to me, that just says more about where he is and that he doesn't have the heart of a champion and doesn't want to do that and doesn't want to face difficult situations. I mean, to me, it's 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 pathetic. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not going to sympathize. I'm not going to sympathize for for James Harden because Kyrie's there half the time and Durant got hurt and he feels like he has got too much of the burden on him now. It's like, okay, tough shit. Yeah, no, I I couldn't have said it better myself, and that's why that's why this is a Nets therapy session because we're we're getting to the core of the issue, and that is times are tough. James Harden, you either step up or you're shipping out, and and right now it appears that you kind of want to ship out. the The reports leaked a few weeks ago that you didn't like the weather in Brooklyn. By the way, the weather in Philadelphia is not that much better. It's the same. The food's not as good, and the people are angrier. So good luck there. Um, you didn't like the taxes in Brooklyn, which, yeah, whatever. You make a lot of money. I'm sure you can afford to pay the taxes. And, and no, I, from a basketball perspective, like Mike's right. Who cares what you signed up for? 
This is basketball. Things happen. Okay. We, we're, we're coming out of a two year pandemic that we're still in. We, we had the whole COVID stretch that, that hit every single team, by the way, I'm never going to use the COVID stuff as an excuse because all 32 teams were hit by that shit. Um, this is, this is what it's about, man. Like I look at, you know, the late great Kobe Bryant and I think, how many bad years did he have in L.A.? Not him personally, but his right. teammates were not great. Did he ever try to bounce? No, he was a Laker for life. And I'm not saying that Harden needs to have that loyalty, but you came here to play with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and you have a chance to play with them down the line in the playoffs. Now, what makes this frustrating is we those three guys have played together, what, 16 games, I think is the number? Right, 13 so, and 3, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's a tough look, but – at the end of the day, I think you and I are on the side of, dude, you, you came here for a reason. Don't leave the second it gets. Like, this is, like you said, this is the lowest point in two years. It can't mm-hmm. get th- that much lower. We're on a seven-game losing streak. We've never lost this many games in a row. Um, just just stay the course. And as yeah. much this is, yeah, I'm sorry. Go on. No, 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 you go. I'm sorry. I was going to say this is ironic, but, you know, I'm, I'm watching the, or I'm, I'm listening to the Kyrie Irving quotes after the utah game and he's actually saying the right things like like he said you know this is a tough stretch you know championship teams have to face adversity so it's ironic that's coming from him but you know what i mean yeah there is some irony there there's no way around (laughs) that and this is different than houston and i'll say it like this the nets organization is trying to win a championship the houston organization was in full rebuild mode and they were like okay let's get him out of here he's being a cancer to the locker room but also we know we don't have a chance to win and we're just spinning our wheels, wasting our time. The Nets are in a championship mode, so they don't have to make this deal. And I, I get like, okay, the long-term effects, but in the off season of James Harden and everybody keeps tweeting me, Oh, the Sixers will move Simmons and Tobias Harris and they'll find a way to get the move in here to get, so they can just sign James Harden straight up. That's gonna be really difficult. In the offseason, if James Harden wants to go to the Sixers, the Nets can make a trade with him then in the offseason. So that's where I come back to this idea. Don't make a trade just to make a trade. And just as fast as he got pissed off and we're mad at him right now and we're, and we're saying this is inexcusable, if 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 Durant comes back in three weeks and James Harden's with him again and he starts playing at a, at a championship level together, we'll all feel good about it. And then we'll say, okay, I'm glad we didn't make that trade because where's the offense going to come from if they deal James Harden and Kyrie is a part-time player. And that's why I just hold the brakes on that. Let's be smart about a deal. Don't make a trade to make a trade. I'm really passionate about that. Don't just do it because you're sick of it. He'll have to change. He'll get back to it. This is not Houston. He's not gonna put. He's not gonna pull this stuff when Durant's here. And if he does, you can pull this podcast. And I was wrong, uh, but I feel very, very vehement about if Durant's back, Harden will step it up. I agree with you that if you can keep Harden this season, you absolutely do. You don't trade him for anything less than a haul. You don't trade him anything less for the value that you gave away. All right, I understand that he's regressed. I understand he's not as good. He's still James fucking Harden. He's still the beard. He's still scary hours. He's still capable. I mean, we've seen a few 30.15 assist games this year. Not a ton, but a few. It's so weird, too, that game versus the Kings. And all of us, all of us Net fans, were like, what is going on here? There was a stretch where he had the three or four turnovers in a row in the third quarter and his defense was just so bad not doing basically just kind of standing around 
it's it was just insulting. I mean, it was just it was just insulting. And then you see the games like he had versus the Clippers in LA, where I, I watched that game and I said, Peak James Harden is better than Kevin Durant. And I was like, right. this guy can do anything he wants. And it's it's so selfish to just turn it off for everybody around you. And that part just stings that you're you're in a tough moment and you're unhappy, and you could just be like man, I'm not going to, I'm not going to help my teammates out and just, and not be a good teammate to me is just, is it really selfish from a team standpoint? I thought that if the Nets don't play James Harden in the second half of that Kings game, they probably win. I agree. I, I really think that he played that 30, game, yeah. 37 minutes. Why Nash decided to play him that many minutes, knowing within the first 10 minutes of the ball game, he wasn't really into it. But I think he had like two points by the third quarter. You know, at, at that point, you got to recognize he doesn't want to be out there. Get him out of there. The fourth quarter comes and he that was that was the worst I've ever seen a superstar play, I think. Yeah. And we get we we went into that game and we we're like, all right. We're losing, but we played well against uh, the Warriors without James Harden, right. a game that was winnable and had some poor, 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 poor challenge decisions from Coach Nash. We saw the game versus the Suns where they were in it. It, it, it went bad late. Some tough calls went against the Nets, but you felt like, okay, this team is kind of turning a corner. And then to see what happened in Sacramento, I think it dawned on everybody like something is really wrong here. Now we're at the point where we're not winning games versus the team that's on a seven-game losing streak, and James Harden doesn't care. What I, I have to know, and I wish I could know, what Kevin Durant is saying behind the scenes about this, what Coach Nash thinks that his team now has no discipline, no control, is completely lost. I mean, we are we are stuck in the mud, and it just doesn't feel like we're ever going to get out of it. So that is an excellent segue. So we're going to move along in our Nets therapy to a session called Who's to Blame? All right? Okay. We got a big piece of the pie, 100%. We're going to give percentages to the, the next few people I name as to who's to blame for the Nets' woes this season. Let's start with Kyrie Irving, the obvious question. How, how much percentage points would you give him for the Nets' woes? So if I'm so, so we're saying out of 100%, where does he factor it in the pie? Yes. Oh boy, he's a big part of it. I agree. <laughs> um, I would say, yeah, the way you phrase that is making me wreath. So, wow, this is a really good question because it's this is really good. Well, I'll tell you I would this, say 70 percent. Oh wow, okay, seventy percent. That's pretty high. Uh, yeah, I, that's that's. I think that's fair. I think if you have him full time, Harden's not as pissed off. Mm -hmm. You can deal with a KD injury a, a lot more efficiently, and you can hide a lot of the guys down the bench that you don't have to play on a nightly basis because Kyrie's there full time. So right. I get that 70%. I, I think I might go 50% for him when it makes sense. Cause he's only there for 50% of the games right now. <laughs> um, okay. Next up, James Harden. Well, that's why it's so interesting because everybody's been texting me like, Oh, the, the re this wouldn't have happened if Kyrie Irving was playing full time, which I agree with, but on the same side of it, I'm like, yeah, but James Harden should be a professional. He should go out there and play. He's getting he's getting paid to play, and he's and he's and he and he shouldn't be influenced because Kyrie's there. That he, I'm not saying uh, doesn't take you know the 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 rest days, but to not try or not yep. care can't be all relied because well, Kyrie put me in this bad position. Now I'm in a bad mood. So I'll give then twenty five. I'll give twenty percent of it to. Uh, James Harden. Now, as much as the more and more I do this, Ben, I'm realizing <laughs> that I really screwed up with the 70 percent because there's a lot of other things I want to put blame on. Right. And I'm realizing I'm running out of the pie. 
So I'm going to backtrack and I'm going to go okay. 50% and then I'm going to also go 20 on Harden. So 50 and then 20. So yeah, I'm taking back my answer. I'm taking it back. Like I wish I could like I wish I could take back the Nets my dreams. All right. Yeah. No, I uh, I think that's fair. I was going to do 20% for Harden too because I, I guess the, the Kings game, he didn't try. But most of the season, he just hasn't been playing elite. This is a top five player that went to a fringe top 20 player. Yeah, he's an all-star because, you know, his, his stats, 22 points a game, eight, nine assists a game, goes to the line 10 to 15 times a game also. He takes a lot of shots. He's a volume shooter. Um, but this is not close to the version of James Harden we thought we were getting. So I'll give him 20% because his plays regressed a little bit. I'm with you on that. Next up, Sean Marks. Yeah, I mean, he did not put it. I mean, the Joe Harris injury really hurt. Yeah, that's true. The Joe Harris injury really, really hurt. And the flaws of this roster are being really exposed without Durant, without Harden, or without Kyrie. They are so top heavy. Their top four players in salary have played a combined zero games this year, Mm -hmm. which is a problem. And because their, their bottom half of their roster is really putrid. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge has been good. He's been hurt these last couple of games. That's hurt him. He hasn't been there, but the other signings just have not gone well at all. I mean, and the other problem is guys like Bruce Brown and Blake Griffin, although he has played better of late, I'll say Blake's had a good little stretch the last couple of games. I think this version of Blake Griffin net fans all season long would, would be happy with, and he's played well and he, and he, and he's showed more flashes of what we saw last year. But, I mean, Bruce Brown has regressed. Javon Carter has not been a stable backup. And with Kyrie Irving out for most of the season and now this back-and-forth thing, that has been a huge problem for this team. Paul Millsap doesn't even play. He's essentially not on the roster. That's right. another guy that's just not even there. I mean, the the, the loss of Jeff Green has been hurtful. Yep. He was somebody that at least helped them space the floor. Uh, Patty Mills, I think all net fans really like, but they know that he is not the guy. I mean, he's Patty Mills is supposed to be the set sixth to seventh guy that comes in and provides a spark that you need when you can need a big shot. And if Joe's off for a night, but he can't be your guy. I mean, at this point now they're relying on him to be their second score and that's not just work. not good enough. So yeah. the roster flaws have been shown by the cracks above by the top big three, never being together. And it's a very flawed roster that needs depth badly. And right now, uh, when you go to their bench, you're like, how are you scoring points? He had, I mean, the, the one major thing you'll give him is he had a nice draft. And the problem is, though, we're seeing too much of it. And right. that we need to see Cam Thomas. We need to see Kessler Edwards. These are guys that you'd love to be the eighth, ninth, tenth guys, not the third, fourth, fifth guys. No, I think that's fair. So what was the number you would give him? You got 30% um, left. So we're, we got 30% left. I'll, I'm going to go with um, 10% because if this roster is whole and all three guys are playing, then we're praising Sean Marks for the job he did because of all because those three guys would just cover it all up and we never would have seen it. So I'm going to go 20%. And I'm, I'm going to agree with everything you said, but because the last guy on my list is Steve Nash, I got to give Sean Marks additional percentage points for hiring Steve Nash. So mm. I'm going to go 20% for Sean Marks. Um, obviously the big three was an amazing haul. We have yet to really see them play together. Is that on Sean Marks? I don't think so. No, but that's the risk you took. That, that is the risk you took. You then take another risk in, in the fact that you didn't have a lot of money to play with. And like you said, you signed a lot of the 
players in the offseason that do the same thing. Bruce Brown, mm-hmm. DeAndre Bembry, James Johnson, Blake Griffin, they all had Javon Carter all play sort of similar roles. So it's hard to see two of them out there at the same time. I think Nets fans get frustrated because they say, look, we, we love a DeAndre Bembry. We love a Bruce Brown. We don't love five of them. Where right. are the shooters? Where are the, where's the perimeter shooting? When James Harden is in a pick and roll situation, if he's going to pass to a wide open James Johnson, probably going to be a miss. You know what I'm saying? And, and mm-hmm. that was the thing that Harden always had in Houston was that perimeter shooting. So I'll, I'll give 20% to Marks. I understand that w- with the big three, it was hard to, to put money elsewhere. But the Paul Millsap experiment failed, like you said. Marcus Aldridge and, and Patty Mills have been great, but they're two older players. L.A.'s a little bit injury prone at this point in his career. And um, I haven't seen the rise from Nick Claxton. Again, another inconsistent uh, player on the Nets that we all expected big things from, but let's face it, this guy is not Jared Allen 2.0 yet. So I'll give I'll give Sean Marks 20%. And then the final guy on that list, Steve Nash, I would only go 10%. What would you go? Well, I, you know, I'll we'll finish with 20 so we get to 100, okay. and I'll make okay. sure that I, I get an A in math here on the <laughs> podcast. I, I've been disappointed with Coach Nash more more the cockiness early, and I think they were like experimenting with rotations and thought they could get away with anything they wanted. Hey, we're, we got this super team. Let's experiment with these rotations. And then things kind of just got out of hand where now we've seen 28 lineups or whatever it is. And there's just, we're in the, we're, we're in the mud right now. And we're in this seven game losing streak, but it's just showing nothing to spark this club right now. It's really tough to handle. There's no spark. There's no energy. There's nothing to kickstart this team. And it just feels like coach Nash isn't equipped to be with God, he, he there's there's no like let's let's get this going, let's get fired up, let's 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 rah rah, let's let's play some basketball, and it just feels like the team has no identity, they're lost, and it really does show when you know um, Kyrie Irving said this team is going to be, we don't need a coach, I mean we don't have one right now, and the I know I'm kind of splitting what with, with with this, but it got me thinking. Without Kevin Durant, the Nets have no identity. Without Kevin Durant, they have no backbone. Without Kevin Durant, they have no discipline. Without Kevin Durant, they have no communication. And without Kevin Durant, their defense is terrible. Without Kevin Durant, it exposes everything wrong with the franchise. And Kevin Durant hides it all. A lot of it he requested with some of these trades. So partially some of the blame, I guess, is on him if you consider him the general manager. But boy. Uh, without Durant, you just see Coach Nash is, is just kind of a cheerleader there and uh, frustrating to watch. Yeah, and I agree with you on the Nick Claxton thing, man. Like, he had a good little stretch, and then he hurt his hamstring, and now he's regressed a little bit. He had that one – he had the nice game versus the Kings where yep. he put up points early. And, yep. But it's just – yeah, it, it's just so up and down. There's no consistency. He's always hurt. Uh, he's in and out of the lineup. Yeah, it's been tough. I'll say this about Nash. He looks like a guy who does not have the answers, right? They're in the seven game losing streak and he keeps saying the same things over and over again. And, and it just sounds mundane and repetitive at this point. I think of Joe judge was the giants, Joe judge after every single loss. And I'm not comparing them. I like Steve Nash more than I like Joe judge, but Joe judge would say after they would get blown out, he'd say, we did a lot of good things out there on the field. And the media would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? When, when Nash says things after, after you know, losses, like, oh, right. I like their energy, I like this, I don't want to hear that. You know, maybe after one or two losses, fine, but after the fourth or fifth loss, I need something else. And, and you know, I think the thing that frustrates a lot of Nets fans, and myself included, 
I understand if you're not a fiery coach, you're not a yeller, but you got to get a technical foul once in a while. I mean, the fact that the Nets get called for one to two a game, and it's right. always hard, and it's always Griffin, um, it's and it's never Nash. That bothers me a little bit. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I don't know if his technicals don't like not getting one bothers me as much. But although I think it'd be fun to see, and I hear you like get a little fired up, which I think gets back to the original point I was making. So I get you. You know, you're you're swaying me on that as I talk out <laughs> loud. My brain is processing and changing, but it's just so frustrating when you see Coach Nash move his mask down to make an expression of disbelief right. to the ref. Like, what is that going to do? Nothing. Yeah, that was a bad call. Yeah, that was that. But get get their attention. Make a, you know, the challenges thing, man. I mean, the challenges versus the Warriors was so embarrassing. That one call on Kessler Edwards, I'll take that one more than the other one, where, where Steph Curry takes a jump shot and then flails into Kessler Edwards, who's going straight away so we can get to the side of him, gets called for a foul. You're down. I think it was two. It made it four. Challenge that. There's a minute 44 left. What what are we waiting for? I mean, it's just stupidity. for that. That was That was, I will never say I could coach in the NBA. I know I can't. But I can tell you, I would say, without a doubt, I would know in that circumstance, we got a challenge. I would what, know that. What was the game where the Nets got called for like a hundred fouls a few games ago? You remember that? Was that that was that was the Phoenix game? So the Phoenix game. There yeah. were so many calls in that first half that could have gone our way, or this even in the third quarter. And I understand Nash saving his challenges, but when there's 12 calls in a row that are 50-50, pick your favorite one and and challenge it. Well, the problem is he you say I you understand you can save him for later, but he doesn't anyway. I know he just lets know, it waste. Yeah. And let's waste. I'm okay with using a challenge early if it's a momentum swing play or it's something that could make a big impact on the game. Like, why wait? Right? Like, let's get this done and move the game. If it changes how we feel about something, you don't always have to wait for it. And then if you get to the honestly, if you get to the point later in the game where you're close with the Suns, you'd be thankful for it because it was just it was just a it was just a it's just been a seven, seven games of hell. The last time the Nets won, they played the Spurs. Yeah, no, it's it's been a while since the Nets victory. My final thing on Nash, and then we can move on to some pros and cons. Um, what did you think of his post-game quotes when they asked him about the Harden stuff? He said, we're in lockstep. Something on the lines of, it's still me yeah. and you, buddy. I just, I don't know. Could you explain to me what he meant by that? I don't know. I don't know if he, I think it's such a difficult spot to handle it. What do you say? Because he knows the truth. James Harden dogged it doesn't want to be here so what does he I think it's like what do you say how do you lie and I don't blame him in that circumstance because he had to come up with a lie and figure it out I mean it'd be fun if he went out there and said you saw what I saw versus the Kings right James Harden had four points and six turnovers do you think when I was playing and I was the point guard for the Phoenix Suns did you imagine if I ever did that like no I think if he said said something like that he'd be like whoa holy shit he threw him under the bus but no I get it because he's got a lie because it's coach speak um, I think the problem is for coach Nash is everything is that kind of coachy speak. So right. it's like, it's so irritating, even if it's the answers he's got to give the media because he can't then do that with the organization and the, and the players. Uh, but because he's always saying crap like that, it's just becoming so corny and annoying. All right. We're going to move on to a little pros and cons. I wrote a list. There's a lot more cons than pros. So we're going to start with cons. I just want you to tell me if I miss anything. I'm literally going to list everything wrong. With okay, the I'm looking if, forward to it. All right, you ready? It. Yeah, Here do we it. go. Kevin Durant injury. 
the Joe Harris injury, the James Harden regression and trade demand, Kyrie Irving not playing and then becoming part-time, Claxton in and out of rotation, Marcus Aldridge injury, Blake Griffin and Bruce Brown regression. Although, as you mentioned, Blake's picked it up as of late. Additions of Javon Carter and James Johnson doing close to nothing to help out our death. Paul Millsap wants out. Steve Nash's inability to find a true identity for this team. Also, he hasn't been a great coach in terms of putting guys in position to succeed, standing up for players, etc. No three-point shooters with the exception of Patty Mills. Four different big men starters. None of them have been proven to be consistent rim protectors. I'm talking about Clax, Blake Griffin, Sharp, and Aldridge. Did I miss anything? I think their inability to defensive rebound and giving up second chance points, guarding the go. perimeter as well, has okay. been bad. And that's been on full display with Durant out. Uh, we always talk about Durant and his offense and how much he brings to them. But you can see this team defense has been terrible. I mean, it has been so bad since he's not been there. They have they cannot stop anybody. I mean, the amount of open shots. I love watching the Utah Jazz games. I'm going, who are these guys? It's like oh nobody God. misses. And then, you know, we, we watch our team and we don't make shots. Um, but I'm ready for the three positives you have on your list. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I forgot to mention that we haven't been able to play defense in about two weeks. Um, we played the, the Jazz the other night, and they literally looked like the 2015-16 Warriors. It was insane. They didn't miss. And then when we played the Kings, it was the same exact thing in that fourth quarter. That was a Kings team without De'Aaron Fox that beat us up in that second half. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll get to my pros. Uh, Kevin Durant's still on the team. <laughs> Huge pro. Hasn't left yet. Hasn't demanded a trade yet. There, there's a chance that Kyrie could play home games. Uh, okay. I mean, you know, maybe one yeah. day I'll, I'll be able to fly an airplane. I don't know. He could play home games. We have the buyout market that Sean Marks has been pretty good at in the last few years. So I've heard Serge Ibaka's name bouncing around. I don't think that he solves all of our problems, but no. whatever. <laughs> these, these pros aren't, uh, aren't too too high. An energized, fresh Ben Simmons, ready to prove doubters wrong, playing with KD and Kyrie. I don't know. I, I feel like the Ben Simmons story isn't finished yet. He no. can't be that bad. No. No, I, and I and I could convince myself to be into Ben Simmons very fast. He's only yes. 25 years old. He's he his dad has been on the on the on the record of saying he'd love to play in the New York market. So that's something. And you're right, he does have a lot to prove. And it all those stems back. And I'm I'm a broken record here, but if if Kyrie's there, yep. like I like Harden, I like the trio of Harden, Kyrie and Durant healthy more than the trio of Simmons, Kyrie and Durant. But I would tell you this, I would, if you told me it was Harden, maybe Kyrie uncertainty and Durant, I would rather have Simmons in place of that. Right. If I knew I was getting Kyrie full time and we were adding some great depth to the team. And I'm at the point now too, because I was texting with Alex, who I do the podcast with, and he's in, and we're going back and forth. And he's saying, if you trade James Harden to the Sixers, it's a lock that they're going to the finals because him and Embiid would be unbelievable together. And I don't, I think there's something Net fans have seen with James Harden, and we weren't admitting it. And now it feels good to admit it. And somebody will say, "Oh, you're just saying that because now he's wants his out, he wants out." And you're just saying that so you feel better about it. He has not been as good this year. He has not been. He has regressed. Now, does he go to the Sixers and does he turn it up? And Embiid is a perfect fit because it's a lob threat, a center that's the ultimate, right? Like James Harden made. Nick Claxton looked better. What's right. he going to do with Joel Embiid? I understand that. 
But I'm at the point now where, first, I, I disagree that that's a lock. I've seen James Harden regress a little bit, that I'm more concerned with my own team, that I can't care what it does for the Sixers at this point. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, You know, I'll go a step further than Harden regressing. He's a step slower. I mean, there have been so many defenders that I can't tell you their names. These unproven, young, not even quick rookies or or veterans or or European players that have basically shut Harden down. on He can't get by him. It's weird. So I agree. I'm not super scared of a Philadelphia team with Harden and Embiid. And I'll disagree with you on this. I don't think they're the best fit in the world. Joel Embiid is a ball-dominant center who has had an MVP season because he kind of operates not – he operates out of the post. But Harden, his whole game is, I'm going to hold the ball, pick and roll, give you the alley-oop. I don't know if they mesh as well Mm. as people think they mesh. Mm. So that's just my thought process there. Um, But, yeah, I agree with you on the Simmons front. And the other thing that Simmons adds – he adds that defensive element to the Nets. Right. He's a big body. He can guard one to five. He can he can reject shots. He can steal the ball. Um, and and let's face it, he's got better legs than James Harden right now. But if he's I, the third, if he's the third option, yeah, it's not a problem. If he's the second option, it's 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 a mighty problem. And here we'll now do the yeah. Let's let's uh, let's spin it for Simmons. That'll be maybe my new slogan. I'm making up. <laughs> if we face the Milwaukee Bucks in the playoffs. There's somebody that can guard Giannis that they yes. didn't have. That's going to be the biggest you. benefit. Now, Simmons can't shoot free throws. He can't shoot from the perimeter. He has no confidence uh, in clutch moments. He's basically like me in a lot of ways. I'm self-deprecating here. But, yeah, I think. You're, you're I, both lefties? We're both lefties, yes. Uh, but, yeah, he can guard. He could defend. So think about that. In the playoff spot, him on Giannis, that, that at least would be a bonus. We, we got to get excited for both um, both paths, right? If we keep Harden and we keep the big three together, at least for the rest of the year, you and I will be excited for that. If we somehow pull off the massive haul, we get Simmons, Maxi, Curry, Thibault, whatever picks, and, and, and Simmons becomes a net, we have to be excited for that. So we, we have to sort of make sure we're ready for both situations. Uh, my final two pros, I have Sean Marks, who I still believe and I still think he's a good GM, despite what I said about him signing garbage in, in the beginning of the season. And then uh, I've seen a few guys on our G League team, Thon Maker and Craig Randall are two names I've seen. So it's just a pro. I mean, the Long Island Nets are part of the Brooklyn Nets accounts. Cam Thomas had 30 last night. He did. But the, he's such a weird player because he needs to play 30 minutes and shoot 15 to 20 times to have good games. And when you have Kyrie Harden and KD in there, he's never going to see that volume. No, he won't. And that, yeah, exactly. I think an indication of how the Nets are doing if Kessler Edwards is getting more minutes and he's the one thrown in there, it's a better sign than if it's Cam Thomas because of just the fit pieces. Uh, normally that would be Joe, I suppose. Uh, um, but the way that it fits together, like Kessler Edwards from a standpoint of if you had the big three and he's there, a defender, an athletic guard who can guard the perimeter and shoot three-point shots, from a puzzle piece standpoint, he works a lot better. Uh, if you don't have any offense, then you need Cam Thomas because right. he can create for himself a little bit. That was that was a pro I missed out on, the rookies. The fact that Sharp, Kessler Edwards, and Cam Thomas have all given us great minutes. And, and even David Duke Jr. to a certain extent in the beginning, sure. uh, he gave us some good minutes as well. I don't want to leave out DDJ. Um, all right, the next five games up, Mike, I'm going to read them to you. You're going to tell me what our record is. You ready? Okay. We have the Nuggets tomorrow at 3.30. Lost. We have 
Loss. We have the Celtics on Tuesday at home. Loss. We have the Wizards away on Thursday. Loss. We have the Heat away on Saturday. Loss. We have the Kings at home on Monday. The Win. So we're going one and four in the next five. Yeah, which is better than what we've been doing. Yeah, the only the only game I might disagree. I think we beat the Wizards somehow because like they seem slightly uh, more dysfunctional than we do. And and by the way, enough with the Spencer Dinwiddie slander, guys. Like, did you hear all that? Dinwiddie basically came out. He said in the beginning of the season he tried to be a leader and it wasn't welcomed. Like basically, people on the Wizards told him to shut the hell up. Mm, I did not see that. Hate that. Hate that, man. Love me bring, some Dinwiddie. Bring come, Spencer home. Come bring back. Spencer home. There's got to be James Harden for Dinwiddie, straight up. I would, I would, yeah, at this point. Let's yeah, just do give it. Me, give me Kuzma, too. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. One, four, two, and three, I, I would think, is a pretty uh, – I mean, you're not beating the Heat, the Celtics, or the Nuggets, and then the Wizards, Kings would be questionable. It's so crazy. Like, okay, so the Nets are 29 and 20 what? Two or 23 now? I'm 23 at this point. So if they went one and four, that puts them at 30 and 27. Yes. And then they got with, what? Three games before the break. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be, the, the Nets are going to be like 32 and 32. I mean, let's just, they're going to be 500 and they're going to be fighting to get in. And then Durant's going to, I mean, this is what's going to happen. They're going to be 500. They're going to be fighting to get in. And then they're going to be a team in the, I mean, they're going to be in a playing game and it's going to be Nets Hawks. I mean, get ready, get ready for it. Maybe get we ready just, for it. Maybe we get should ready just for find, it. find a different sport to watch. Are you into curling? I hear you, curling's pretty big this time of you, year. Can you imagine watching a Nets play-in game, win-lose, go home? We were worried about... I, I will lose of, my mind, Mike. Could you I imagine will. that? Oh, my God. I mean, the reality is setting in for, for the Nets fans, and I'm being negative. I get it, but how can you not feel this way? And when Durant comes back, boy, oh. Oof. I knew I knew this was not going to be a good day. I had a very disappointing sandwich for lunch. It was awful. <laughs> it had Chipotle ranch on it. I don't know why I ordered it. I hate any kind of ranch. Um, I, I knew it was going to be a tough day. And I'll say this, Mike. This is going to be the lowest point of the Nets season. There's no way it can get worse. I keep saying this after every wrong thing that happens, but I mean it now, all right? Rarely do I eat bad sandwiches. We're so low. I just I, – Kevin Durant is coming back. We still have Kyrie, even if it's for away games. He's still on the roster. And I'll tell you this. The one thing about that Kings game that I actually didn't hate oh boy. was everybody outside of James Harden and Kyrie Irving played Play well. pretty well. Blake Griffin had a good game. Cam Thomas looked good. Um, Patty Mills <laughs> shot the heck out of the ball. Edwards, like the, the roster didn't play poorly. We were up after – at halftime, I think we were up seven or eight, and then I think we might have been up like two or three at the end of the third. It was James Harden and Kyrie Irving who couldn't hit a shot to save their lives in that game. So, you know, you know, I I have faith in in a lot of guys in this roster, but you got to put it together, and you got to put it together sooner rather than later. Even though you don't have Kevin Durant for the next eight games, I was thinking of you in the Utah game early. Because James Johnson was one for eight in like the first four minutes. <laughs> Thought of you. Yeah, why? Because I'm not a James Johnson guy. Yeah, and I was like, well, he's one for eight in like the first four minutes. That's he's impressive. One, he's one of those guys that just has supreme confidence, but you're not sure why. He when he's he's played well in spots and then has not been as good in other spots. Yeah, I call that inconsistent. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's been a lot of inconsistency. Oh, man. All I, right. You know, James Johnson always scared the crap out of me when he's on the other team. Like, I thought he never missed. 
No, I I just remember. So he was with the Heat for a few years. He was all right. I mean, I know he's bounced around. When he was with the Pelicans, he had a pretty good season. Like, I think he averaged 14, 15 a, a game. But it's because they were terrible. I right. think Zion was, like, hurt that year, so they had nobody. So that was almost – yeah, you, you can average 16 when you're on the Pelicans, but when you play for a contender in the Nets and you have to average an efficient, you know, eight to nine points a game, I don't want to see you taking bizarre. He, he makes a lot of mistakes, man, and he's slow on defense. Him and Javon Carter, boy, oh, boy, did Sean Marks miss on both those guys. And Phoenix must be loving that Javon Carter trade. I mean, actually, no, they gave us a sec. Who, who is a pick? It turned that, into uh, Dayron, I believe. Yeah, which I like. So I guess it was really Dayron for Shaman straight up, but – no, Javon Carter, James Johnson, I would I would trade them for a for a good washing machine at this point. Will the Nets get any washing machines at the deadline? You think the Nets make it you think the Nets you think Harden's done? You think it's over? I don't know. I, I really don't know. It's it was weird that he didn't sit on the sideline like he was in Utah. I found that odd. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I hate jumping to like definites. Like the report is that they're going to engage in trade talks. I saw, I think NBA central tweeted something like we talked about in the, in the beginning of the call, Sean Marks is going to want the world for James Harden. Daryl Morey is going to be like, ho, ho, ho. I'm going to give you Ben Simmons, and Danny green, anything else off the table. I, I, I mean, I think they're, they're kind of, it's going to be who, who flinches first. And Morey hasn't flinched all season. I think Morey's perfectly fine riding the season out with Joel Embiid at the helm with the current roster they have finishing i don't know second or third in the east in the playoffs and 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 losing in the second or third round and then getting james harden in the offseason like i I, he's waited this long why he would i don't think maury's going to give us the world and i don't think we're going to accept anything less than for james harden here's the one reason maury would do it okay just like kevin durant runs the nets yeah if joel Embiid says i think you get him here we're going to win a championship do it yeah, and then he says, "All right, I'm gonna." Work. He says, "Get it done," and then Daryl Morey goes, "Let's talk." If there's that kind of pressure, if Joel Embiid says, "I'm, I, I need this. Do this. Get this done," changes everything. Fast forward. So let's say the trade is made. Okay, you have yes. James Harden on the Sixers, Ben Simmons on the Nets. We meet in the playoffs. Who would win that series? All right, so we would definitely get some of those road games now. At home would be would it be such a fascination of that series because Simmons would be booed to death in Philly, yes, and then Harden would be booed in Brooklyn, and you would never see like the guys that were swapped for each other so despised based <laughs> on all the circumstance that we've gone over before. Uh, that would be a fun series. Uh, I'm not I'm not giving you a prediction now because I don't want to say. Oh, we also like don't that. know the other guys in the train. Yeah. And the like, Nets are probably yeah. in the play-in game or won't make the playoffs, so it doesn't matter anyway. Don't, Mike. Uh-huh. Don't say that. Don't say they might not make the playoffs. Get ready for get ready for that Nets Hornets game at the Hive. Get ready for it. That play-in game nine ten in Charlotte. All right, we're we're gonna end this uh, this bonus episode or this Nets therapy session on on a positive note. Um, I'm going out to dinner in New York City tonight, and I'm getting, and I'm getting lasagna flights. Wow. Okay. Where are we going? It's called. Uh, oof. Let me. I think it was La Lanterna de Vittorio. And the only reason I'm going is is Nick's comedy sketch show is tonight, nice. uh, 9:30 p.m. Greenwich Village, and it's the perfect time because like 9:30 allows me to go get dinner. 7:38. Um. So I look in the Greenwich Village. I'm I'm finding restaurants around there, and I saw one spot. Mm. La Lanterna de Vittorio, they do lasagna flights. They have eight different lasagnas you can choose from. 
Interesting. Eight and different. Like, so they're like a small cup. I think I've looked at the pictures and stuff. It almost looks like they give you a mug of lasagna and you get like uh, a cheese one, a veggie one, a fish one, a meat one. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm trying star tavern for the first time tonight. Are you excited? I'll let you know. I am excited. Any recommendations? What pies do you like there? I personally love like the plain standard pie there. I think it's delicious. My parents love the white clam pie. Okay. They have a good white clam. Really good white clam. One of the best in the state. Um, Nets aren't on tonight, right? Thankfully. So maybe you'll see Kyrie Irving there. I, well, that's fair. Yeah, he's, it is he's from that, that is area. area. Yeah. Well, I used to do you know Uber Eats a ton, and I would go to West Orange, and every time I'd be like, "Man, I hope I get the Kyrie delivery." Never, never did happen. I think you're. Are you? Are you eating it there? You're taking Star Tavern. We're home. taking it home. Okay. We're taking it okay. home. Which I know won't make it the same. No, but... it's still good. I mean, how far are you? Uh, fifteen. That's not bad. Yeah. You time it up perfectly. You know, it'll still be hot. No, let me let me know what you think. I love Star Tavern. As far as bar pies go. Um, Patsy's and Patterson and Star Tavern in West Orange are my two favorite by bar pies in the state. Mm, I'm so excited for this. I'm yeah. legit more. This is the highlight of my week. And that's, that's, that's a no doubter. Mike, thank you so much for coming on, man. Where can people follow you on Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. Mike delivers pod on Twitter. And of course you can check out, uh, my Nets Knicks podcast that I do with Alex Benesowitz. It's called bad weather fans. Uh, a lot of net talk, Nick talk too, but I think it makes for an interesting dynamic because we despise each other's teams. He won't be shy to admit he hates the Nets. I'm not shy to admit that I despise the Knicks, uh, but we have good, interesting conversations. And, uh, you know, getting some perspective from the other team when you're in the same market makes for good dialogue. So uh, please, everybody, uh, check it out. You can find that where, wherever you download your podcast. Bad weather fans. Mike Biseglia, one of our most recurring guests of all time i think you might you might be the champ right now you've been Whoa. on the show like three or four times that's a big feat we Thank got a, you. a few other guys in that category but uh well, don't let them don't let them on anymore because i want to be number one no 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 we're gonna it's gonna be a competition no no they, they're not allowed on not happening fireside nets with spen and nick brought to you by empire sports media thanks again for listening check us out every tuesday morning every week goodbye